Welcome to Bliss Talk Radio, where we spend a bit of time together talking about things that usher in joy and subjects that are just joyous. I'm your host, Sam Crawl. And everybody, this is your host, Sam Crawl, and this is our very first episode of Bliss Talk Radio. On today's first episode of Bliss Talk, I'm going to be talking about the veil. Dun, dun, dun. If you're like me, when I think of a veil, I normally think of a bride. A bride getting married, and she lifts up the veil. I I never knew why a veil was a thing in a wedding. Like, is it forbidden to see a wife's face before you get to the altar? Or is it, like, meant for arranged marriages where you lift up the veil at the altar and are like, Surprise! This is what I look like! Ha ha ha! Um... It's probably none of those things. So, we'll be discussing the veil and what we think of it and what its spiritual implication is. So sit back, relax, because I'm literally going to be doing all the talking. Before we go into today's topic, since this is our first episode, I thought I would formally introduce myself for listeners who may not know me. Hi, I'm Sam. I'm a mom, I'm a wife, and I'm a full-time worker. I've spent many years going down different paths of Christianity and Judaism, studying various subjects. I finally found my place of rest where I saw unity. I started this podcast because I realized so many others are on paths that they too are walking, exploring, and searching for answers. Now radio has been in my DNA since before I was born. My father was a mainstream radio disc jockey my entire life until he retired. So I've grown quite comfortable with the airwaves. I've never knew how this would come into fruition in my life, but here I am now. I'm excited that you're now a part of my journey and hope you will check back weekly for new episodes. My goal with this podcast is not to shove religion down the throats of the listeners, but rather to engage in spiritual topics together. No journey is fun to go down alone. I'd love to travel this road with you. If you have any topics that you would like to hear discussed or would like to be a guest on my podcast, please head on over to my website at www.unityandyeshua.com. Now all the formalities are out of the way. Let's talk about today's subject for today's podcast, The Veil. As we talked briefly in the introduction, The Veil is largely associated in our minds with the bride's veil. I know for me, that's exactly what happens, and anytime I hear the word veil, that's the image that comes in my head. So let's spend some time exploring the different ways that the veil is used and how it is spiritually symbolic. So off the bat here, I'm going to say that I'm a person who does try to see not only the literal, but also the symbolism. I like to look beyond the cultural usages and... I like to see something spiritual in in things because I I think that there's always this dual meaning because there's a spiritual realm that is also existing more than our natural where cultures and things like that exist. Um, So I want to see what the veil contains for us as part of the spiritual. But first off, let's talk about the bride's veil since that's where our mind goes to And since culturally we use it to dress a woman's head before she's about to walk down the aisle at her own wedding, um, let's spend a little bit of time 
thinking of that image and where it came from because I had no idea. I did not have a veil on when I got married. Um, I just wore a regular dress. So this isn't something that is meaningful for me. It's just something that I think of when I hear the veil. It is said in ancient origins of th this subject concerning the veil, we get that courtesy of the Romans. They believed that evil spirits would prey upon brides as they walked down the aisle. So they would deter them by walking down the aisle with veils on their head to hide who they were. Now, this is where it kind of gets awesome to me. The veils weren't always white. Say what? Yeah, they weren't white. You heard it right. So what color were they? Get this. They were red, flaming red, just walking down the aisle looking like a little flame. I, I can't even imagine. I've never seen other than black at a funeral. Um, I've never seen another color veil. They thought the red would help dispel any demonic entities from causing the bride to be unhappy or something unfortunate happening to them. Now, here's an extra fun fact. The veil was a bit thicker and the bride couldn't always see through it. So somebody had to walk her down the aisle. Does that sound familiar? You guessed it. This is the tradition of where the father walks the bride down the aisle. This is so she wouldn't bust flat on her face because she couldn't see through this red veil and get hurt on her wedding day, which if that happened, then based on their own usage of, of the veil, it seems like it wouldn't have worked. Now, there's another cool story about the veil in relation to marriage, and it's of Jewish origin. The groom would place the veil on his bride after taking a look at her to make sure that he was marrying the right lady. Wouldn't that be something? Like, oops, you married Big Bertha instead of her sister, Limber Linda. I wonder how soon, if that happened, somebody could get a divorce. Um, <laughs> anyways, this is, tradition goes all the way back to Genesis in the Bible to support this custom. A fellow named Jacob accidentally married Leah instead of her sister, Rachel. And Rachel was the one he wanted to get married to. Leah was apparently hidden by the veil. So now Jewish men all over have to take a peek at their wife. So an old switcheroo doesn't happen again. I'm not going to lie. That would be quite the scandal if I ever heard that happening. I would kind of um, be really invested into it to know how that um, happened and what did the person do about it. I'd pop my popcorn and enjoy the show because I can only imagine how mad a husband would be if he married the wrong person. <laughs> In modern Christianity, though, our story isn't as wild as it is for the Jews. A veil is worn to be a symbol of modesty and purity. It's said to symbolize the marriage between Christ and the church. I think, honestly, it was just appropriated um, and given a new symbolism for the Christians to take on so that they would have their own reasons for the usage of the veil. But it seems there is much history before the use of it for Christians to show that it was probably appropriated for a custom for Christian um, culture weddings. Now that we've talked about the use of the veil for cultural and historical purposes for a wedding, let's talk about the temple veil.
The temple veil is something for me that is robust with symbolism. But before we discuss the symbolism, let's talk about how it was used in the Bible. In the Old Testament, we're given a picture of what the tabernacle looked like inside. There were two parts. When you entered the tabernacle, the priest would see the first part, which was called the holy place. In that room, there was a gold lampstand. There was also a table with showbread and then a menorah. If you kept walking through this portion, you would see a veil that separated it from the next room called the Holy of Holies. There would also be an altar of incense right by that veil as well. I wonder, hopefully that never caught fire in any of the tabernacles. <laughs> fire next to fabric. Oh, great idea. <laughs> if the priest went past the veil, they would see the Ark of the Covenant. The Ark of the Covenant was what housed the two tablets that were brought down from Mount Sinai. You can read more about the a great description of how um, the tabernacle was built in Exodus 25 to 27. Um, now, there have been many scholars who believe the design of the tabernacle was very much crafted a lot like the Egyptian temples from that era of Egyptian mysticism. The, you know, it's, there's some who say, or there, there, there's some that just say they were similar. But in our tabernacle, the veil was hung by four pillars, which covered the Holy of Holies. So the veil just completely covered it. Like they really wanted to make sure that this was totally covered by the veil. No accidental peeking was going to happen there at all. In Leviticus 16, we're told that unclean priests could not enter in. There was a tradition that said that if a priest entered in unclean, he would die. The glory of God was that strong that no unclean thing in a person's body could withstand the glory. And then boom, the priest was dead. They then were met with, well, how do we retrieve our priest? How do we get him out of the most holy of holiest places. So what they did is before the priest would enter, they would tie a rope around him, kind of like a leash. That's what it sounds like to me. And if they had to, if he died after he entered in, they would have to pull him out. That image in my head is just like, wow, the glory of God being that strong to knock a priest dead and then having regular old people outside of the tabernacle having to pull their own priest out. Wow, that's pretty crazy. So years later, after this is infrastructured and well known throughout all of Jewish traditions, um, enters in Yeshua. Yay! We all know that story of what happened. But I specifically want to talk about Matthew 27, 51. It says, And behold, the veil of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. And this happened right after Yeshua died. We know that Matthew was talking about that same veil because the Greek word katapatasma, I could totally be saying that wrong because I don't know Greek. <laughs> It, but it was the same word that was used for the veil that was in the temple. Let me ask you this. Who do you think tore the veil? 
Have you ever pondered that? We just know the veil was torn, is what the word tells us. I believe it was God himself. The perfect sacrifice had been made, and no longer was anyone considered unclean that approaches the throne. There is now no barrier between man and God. What does this also mean? It means since the first time since Eden, the presence of God is available for all of creation. Wow. So there was this Roman Jewish historian named Josephus back in the early AD years. And he gave his account of what the veil looked like and all the colors used um, just in more elaborate language. He he gives just a depiction of this veil that really puts an image in your mind. So I really highly suggest you go and you look him up and you see what he had to say about the veil. It's much more intense if you're reading it. So he said that the veil was like the sky. He also said it was also like a panorama of the heavens. So with taking that into consideration, that implies that the heavens have also been torn open. Now we have an open heaven. The prayer that Jesus told us to pray, the words on earth as it is in heaven, now had a way for this to occur. So yes, the veil was a literal thing within the tabernacle, but as you see, it was just as important as the golden lampstands and the Ark of the Covenant. Who would have thought that curtains were so important? Hebrews 10.20 tells us the torn flesh of Jesus opened the veil for us. You see, it was never about the physical curtain. The curtain veil was about separation. It always spoke of something symbolic. It being ripped now speaks unity, from separation to unity. It means running to our Papa when we need and want to. It means so much. What does it mean to you? Remember in The Wizard of Oz when Toto pulls back the curtain and exposes the wizard and everybody's like, ah! And Dorothy sees that it's been an illusion and the scary, powerful wizard is this little short stuffed man. We're much the same when we realize that the curtain has been drawn, the veil was torn, and that no power, entity, or force can keep us from the true source of power, our God that lives inside of you. The wizard then goes on to give Dorothy's crew all they've desired and then tells Dorothy the truth that all along she's had the power to go home. I love that. I told you I'm always looking for the symbolism in things. I want to lastly leave you with a wonderful line from Ken Arrington's new book called Rending the Veil. It's available on Amazon and you can head on over to my website, www.unityandyeshua.com. Click the About Me page, and I have it linked there. I highly recommend this book. He writes, So, my friend, heed the call of intimacy and of Revelation 4, where it says, Come up here. 
Let your heart resonate with this divine frequency and ascend to the greater intimacy with God. Wow, very powerful. I pray those things over you today and that you'll always remember that the veil is torn. I hope you'll engage with me on my social media and watch out for next week's episode. Thanks for stopping by and for listening to this week's episode of Bliss Talk Radio. Until next week, God bless.